Welcome to the Limitless Church Podcast. In this week's episode, Bishop Scotty Scott and Charlie Gordon continue the series, Walk This Way, with the message titled, Jesus is the Way. We hope you enjoy. Amen. Let's put our hands together for the Lord today. Amen. Stand with me all over the house, if you will. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. Somebody who, you, who loves him today, give God glory today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many know he loves you? Amen. How many love him because he first loved you? Amen. Awesome worship today. Powerful. That little video clip is just a clip of, of a friend of ours that's going to be coming the end of the month, Michael Rowan. Uh, if you haven't heard of him, you'll want to be here the last Sunday of the month. I'm, I'm, I'm just excited about this month. God's doing some incredible things. Amen. In fact, in fact, in fact, there's so many testimonies, so many miracles that God's doing on a weekly basis. Kelly and I get bombarded almost on a daily basis of what God's doing in people's lives, not only in Limitless, but through Limitless and through your, through your lives and how God's, you're allowing God to use you. It's amazing. I know Pastor Peggy, she's getting testimonies on this, this weekly. Every time we have a staff meeting, it seems like she's got some other testimony of some miracle that God's doing. Amen. And it's awesome. And not only is, not only is that powerful and, and significant, but it, it's, it's, it's what we have the ability to overcome with. The Bible says you overcome by the word of your testimony and through the blood of the Lamb. That means it's not enough for the blood of the Lamb by itself while it's the most powerful force in the universe. That, that when you partner the blood with your testimony. That's why the moment you receive the blood of the Lamb is the moment that one of the first steps in your salvation is confession. You know, many people confuse that word confession of just confession of sins. No, no, no. He said, he said, if you deny me before others, I'll deny you. But if you confess me before others, I will speak of you to my father. That means confession's more than just you coming to a place where you confess what you've did, done wrong. Confession is most powerful when you can declare to someone else what God has done right. Can I get an amen? And so I just challenge you. There's, there may be things in areas of your life that God's brought you through. God's brought you out. God's done in your life. And, you, and you, there may be areas you've tried to forget in your life. Anybody have some areas like that? That you just want to separate yourself as far as you can from. But part of, part of what you went through is needed. They weren't sure if it was Jesus or not when he first showed up. How they found out that it was really him was when he pulled back the robe and he showed the scars. Because your scars are your testimonies. Your scars legitimize your relationship with God. Because there's some things, if you pulled back the robe, there's some people in here, that if you pulled back your church face for a minute, and your church smile for a minute, and the religious, I'm blessed and so are you and highly favored, if you pulled back for a moment, someone would see a scar you're not supposed to get up from. 
He told Tom, he told, he told Thomas, he said, come here, come here. I, I want you to, I want you to stick your hand in here. I want you to feel all the way into where my heart is beating. I want you to stick your hand in my side because I want you to see that cuts this deep, you ain't supposed to survive. You ain't supposed to make it back from that. That's supposed to be the end. And when he stuck his hand in his side, he fell down to his, his knees and said, my Lord and my God. See, the real glory of God is not how anointed you are. The real glory of God is not how gifted, how much anointing, how much power, how much miracles you have. The real glory of God is where he brought you from. To walk in that anointing you walk in. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the glory may be of God and not of us. I'm so glad that God puts his treasure in other people's trash. I'm so glad that what others would have discarded, he recycles. <laughs> there ain't nobody more green in the universe than God. How many have been recycled? Amen. He said, I'll make it over again. Another vessel. I always looked at that. You know, the potter's house. He's sitting there at the potter's house. Jeremiah's watching this potter and God's giving him an illustrated sermon. And he sees him making the clay on the pot, on the wheel. And then he sees the mar on the vessel in the hand of the potter. And that's where most of us as church, as church people, we throw those vessels out. The church is really good at throwing away cracked pots. We see one flaw and we discard everything. How many anointings do we have to throw away? How many great men of God do we have to let the world trash and stand by while we eat them alive? How many people, how many gifts, how much destiny are in the trash cans of church? God says they might trash it, but I'll recycle it. I'll make it over again, another vessel. Oh, somebody say another vessel. But watch this. He says, I'll make it over again, another vessel. Wait a minute. If he made it another vessel, then it can't be it anymore. Is it it or is it another vessel? Because if it's it, it can't be another. Because if it's another, it's no longer it. But he said, I'll make it again, another vessel. I didn't know what that meant. I said, God, is it it or is it another? Or did you just make another and then discard it? He said, no, 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 no. I didn't understand what it was until, until I started thinking about my process in my life and my regeneration and my process that I've gone through. That there were times when I was wounded in the, marred in the hand of the potter. That means you didn't get dropped. You didn't get... <laughs> He didn't drop you and you got cracked. You didn't jump off the wheel and got cracked. That means it's possible for you to be in his hand and still be broken. 
Oh, we don't like that. We don't like the fact that you can be right up here singing in the choir, singing on the praise team, and still have a broken place in you. We don't like the fact that we can be serving, we can be the bishop and still have a crack in us. Is anybody with me right now? But God said he was, hand, he was broken, flawed, in the hand, marred in the hand of the potter. Right in his hand, right here, while you just sang, yeah, you've broken. Hurting, wounded, but he made it over again. Another vessel. And God said, I'm the only one that can take it and make it another and it be another and still be it. It's still you, but it's a different you. <laughs> I'm still short, bald-headed, and something. But it's just another short, bald-headed, and something. Are you hearing me right now? Look at neighbor and say, I ain't the same person. Though I'm the same person. He made me over again. Another. Oh! In fact, it's no longer I who lives, but he who lives in me. Oh, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful today. So thankful today. The Lord, the Lord just put some things in my spirit, and I'm excited today about what God's going to do in this. How many, how many ready to receive from God today? I promise you God has a word in here, and, and I, I've been praying the last couple of days about in, in, about this service and about these next few weeks. And what God's put in my spirit is one word. He put a word in my spirit said undeniable. And God, God said to ask every person in this room, have you had an undeniable experience? Have you had an undeniable God experience that you couldn't deny even if you wanted to? Even if you wanted to. Even if you wanted to ignore it, you couldn't ignore it because it was too God to be man. Anybody have that experience? Anybody ever have, anybody have that service where you wanted to get up off the floor and you couldn't? Anybody ever have that service where you had to have a designated driver drive you home from church? Oh, see, see, somebody's scratching their head saying, I don't, no, that's what I'm praying. I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying that the kind of God shows up in this room where if you wanted to deny, you could never deny because it's too much God. Oh, God. Anybody ever have God call you out? Anybody ever have God speak your mess to you that you can't deny? Anybody have a road to Damascus? Anybody ever get kicked off your high horse? Anybody ever have him show up in such a bright light that it blinds you? And instantly you're changed? Oh, Lord. Not, not 50 million steps to your change. One, one encounter. One experience. One experience, that's what we need. That's what this world needs. This world needs an undeniable move of God. This world needs a move of God that even if they fight it, even if they don't like it, they can't deny it. See, when God speaks, you can't deny he spoke. 
When God moves, you can't deny he moved. You can fight it. You can walk away from it. You can run from it. But there's one thing you'll not do. You will not deny it. My prayer all my life was for two things in my ministry I wanted marked for my ministry. I said, number one, God, I want Samuel's anointing. The Bible says that when Samuel, when Samuel spoke, not one word fell to the ground. People wonder why I preach so condensed, why I, I, why I don't use much life experience. In my ministry, I use mostly just word as illustration, is because my life won't change you. My fishing story won't change you. But one word from God. We got enough filler in ministry. We need the unadulterated expression of God. Is anybody hearing me right now? And number two, I said, God, I want when I open my mouth, them to hear your unfiltered heart. To where they might not like me. They might point out all kinds of flaws about me. But the one thing I want when they walk out that door, they will not be able to fight or deny they heard God. Somebody say, God wants to give you something undeniable. God wants to give you something undeniable. We need it. We've, we've, we've learned enough about him. It's time to experience him. And one of the undeniable, this, this, I was sharing people that my entire life ministry has been an undeniable experience with God. There are times I wanted to run away from this and couldn't. There's times I wanted to do everything else but this, but couldn't do anything else but this. Because no matter where I was, he'd wake me up at 3 o'clock in the morning with this still down inside of me. There's one point in my life that I hated ministry. Because I felt like ministry took more from me than it ever. And at my lowest and at my farthest and at my most denying, I couldn't deny. May God today, as the word of God comes forth today. May you have an undeniable encounter with God. And, and one of the undeniable encounters of having so many much at Limitless, but one of them happened recently, and one of them's tied to the speaker today. That the first time I met this man of God, it was like, a kairos moment, a convergence moment, a moment when things that were meant to be together got together. And it, the only thing I can recall it and remember it, and, and there's so many in this room that I've had that encounter with that are just kingdom connected. And when God joins it together, nothing can mess with it. But the only thing I can think of is when John the Baptist shows up and Elizabeth shows up, and, and, well, Jesus shows up at Elizabeth's house. Mary shows up at Elizabeth's house and knocks on the door. And the moment that, that, the moment that Mary knocks on the door of Elizabeth, the Bible says that at the ringing of the doorbell, 
John, in, still in the womb of Elizabeth, began to have a Holy Ghost breakdown. While he was still not even birthed yet, he got filled with the Holy Ghost and began to jump in her belly. Ooh, God. Ah. See, that's for some people in here that like quiet church. Amen. I'm all cool with your quietness as long as you don't mind me jumping up and down. Can I get an amen? Because when there's a real encounter with God, you, there will be a reaction. Oh, why have we tried to drive God out of church? Why have we tried to drive all of the manifestations of God out of church? Why is it that we have tried to drive God so far out of church that when he shows up, we think it's weird? They're going to say, it will be weird if God shows up. If the divine shows up, it ain't going to look human. If the supernatural shows up, it doesn't look natural. That's how you know it's supernatural. Is anybody with me right now in this room? And so he began to jump in the belly, and the moment he jumped in the belly, there was a kingdom connection. John represents the voice of the kingdom. He's the carrier of kingdom. And the kingdom met the king. <laughs> May God make kingdom connections in your life. And the moment I met this man of God, there was a kingdom connection for an assignment, number one. And number two, the second thing I knew immediately is that this man is marked to help carry a kingdom move of God around the world. And today, Charlie, I prophesy over your life. And I promise I didn't invite you to minister today just so I could do this, but I'm going to do this today. I want you to reach your hands toward Charlie right now. <sighs> Gabby, I want you to go stand next to him, just next to him. I, I just feel this in my spirit. I just come in agreement with what God has spoken over your life before the foundation of the world. What were you were, before you were formed in the belly, he knew you, ordained you, and sanctified you, and set you apart for such a time as this, as God's man, as God's prophet, as God's carrier of God's agenda. In the name of Jesus, I release worldwide ministry. In the name of Jesus, I declare, hey, that all your training behind you was training for what's in store for you. And in the name of Jesus, I declare that you've been enlisted by God. I declare in the name of Jesus what God has put on you, nothing can deny from you. And everything you've went through before now is preparation for what's ahead of you. I speak to the nations and I say be open. I speak to the body of Christ and I say be open. I declare in the name of Jesus that the kingdom of God is about to rise in authority like like never before, and I speak over his oracle. I speak over the kingdom's mouthpiece. I declare like John, it's not even about you. It's about what you carry on you, because you're going to make the way the same way John prepared a way for the first usherance of the king, the same way what you declare is going to bring a kingdom agenda that's going to usher the greatest move of God of the kingdom that the earth has ever seen before. I speak 
speak it, I declare it, I come into agreement with the spirit of the Lord that's on your life, and I declare, let the kingdom come, let his will be done on earth as it is in heaven, in Jesus' name. I want you to put your hands together with me, and I want you to help me welcome God's man for God's season, the man of God, Charlie Gordon, amen? Hallelujah. My God, oh my God, Bishop, thank you so much for that introduction. Thank you for the words. This man of God and his wife, Kelly, you guys don't know how lucky you are to have a bishop, a pastor that you have here. What an honor, honor it is to be here uh, today in the place that God calls limitless. Kind of reminds me of my home country, because I'm not from this place. Yeah. I'm from heaven, and so are you. place is limitless. Amen. Give God a hand for being limitless. You know, uh, my family's here. My mother is over here as well. Wouldn't be here if it wasn't for her. And I've got some of my closest friends here today. And uh, I just want to speak God's word today. My awesome wife, I always make her come up with me so you can see the better part of this relationship. Love her so much. You know, she, uh, I'm reminded every day that God loves me. That he loves me regardless of what I've done or what I do. Because she's seen it all. And she still loves me. And I'll tell you, if it wasn't for her personal relationship with God and his agape love and getting to know what that's all about, she wouldn't be able to love me <laughs> from who I was and help me to become who I am. So I love you, baby. So I, I, uh, I'm... I work for the government, that's a fact, and uh, some of the words that were prophesied, some of the things that have been said already, I, I work for the government, and in, in the government, uh, we deal with orders, you get orders in the government, so you're told where to go, what to do, what the mission is, what the assignment is, they put everything on your orders, it's a piece of paper, stamped original, to make sure you don't have a phony. And everything that you need pertaining to the mission is covered under those orders. If you need a place to lay your head, it's covered under orders. If you need a place to get from transportation from here to there, you have orders. Matter of fact, we don't worry about what we eat because we get the, 
resources that we need. We don't worry about where we're going to sleep, what we're going to drink, what we're going to wear, because all of that is provided by the government. And I'm not talking about the United States government right now. Although it works this very similar, my government makes sure that I have what I need for the mission. But if I misappropriate those funds, that's another story. I want to talk today, and we're going to read, we're going to read our scripture here in a moment. But I, I wanted to come here today because the bishop asked me to, first of all. But I have orders. I have orders. And my orders was to come here to tell you to walk this way. To walk this way. And those of you that have been around for a while know that, that Jesus is the way. Come on, say it with me. Jesus is the way. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So today, we're going to talk about walking this way. So say that with me. Walk this way. Oh, you didn't accent it enough for me. I want to hear that again. Walk this way. All right. So the scripture that we're going to cover starting off is going to be the same scripture we've been using in this series. Uh, if you have the word of God, I want you to turn to it. And I'm going to ask you, and this won't be up and down as well, but I am going to ask you to stand for the beginning. Uh, for this, the reading of this scripture. God's word is good, is it not? All the time, his word is good. And I am going to be reading more of his word than I'm going to be speaking from my story. I'll throw pieces of my story in there. But in Psalms 37, verse 23 through 25, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Before I go on, I observed something in this that I had never seen before. Notice where the capital H is on this one. The steps of the good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in him. God delights in the good man. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, though the, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. The psalmist says, I have been young and now am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken. Everybody say righteous. righteous. All right. So we're going to connect good, the good man, to righteous. We're going to talk about this. Nor his descendants begging bread. Before you sit down, we're going to read one more. But I want to, I want to, I want to define this real quick. Righteousness. Because we've made this such 
a religious thing, that it doesn't have to be that way. It's not supposed to be that way. Righteous, right, has to do with law. It has to do with doing what is right, correct, proper. It's the quality or state of moral, right, correct, or justifiable. Innocent, holy, just, right alignment, or positioning with authority. So righteousness has to do with positioning with authority. So those of you that sped on their way here this morning, over the speed limit, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> I usually hesitate on even saying that because normally when I say that, I end up getting pulled over <laughs> or something. So the, the next scripture we're going to read, and this is where we're going to focus today, is in 1 John chapter 2. And we're going to be reading from verse 1 through verse 6. And it says, my little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. I'm going to pause because sin is another word. God was speaking to me during worship. Sin is separation from God. There is nothing to be happy about in that. There's nothing for us to point at other people and point out their separation from God. It, was break, it, it should break your heart. It should break your heart. Sin, separation from life, from the source. That's what it is. So as we're reading this, I want you to hear my heart. Hear his heart. If anyone sins, we have an advocate, the Father, with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. The advocate is Jesus Christ. He is the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins. And not for our, our sins only, but also for the world, the whole world. Propitiation means atonement. So when you read this, atonement is to be at one with man. God's saying he wants to be at one, atonement. He wants atonement. He wants to be at one with you. That's what this is saying. The Father, Lord, as we speak your word today, God, as we are here, God, and I'm here on orders, God, I've heard the assignment. I understand my mission, and I pray, God, that you, Holy Spirit, would do your part right now, that you would remind the people everything that Jesus said, that you would be the teacher, <laughs> and I would just read the words. Have your way today, God. Let your kingdom come, and let your will be done on earth, right here at Limitless, as it is in heaven, in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Before you sit down, look at your neighbor and say, walk this way. Oh, don't sit down until you accent the this. Walk this way. All right.
And I didn't read the rest of that scripture at the beginning of this, but we're going to expand on that, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump right in here. So the rest of 1 John 4 through 6 says, He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments is a liar. I wanted you to sit down for that, because I didn't say it. And I want you to think about this right now. We're talking about separation from God. So I only say what the Father says, and I'm only reading what his word says. But he says, if he doesn't keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, I was saying it this morning, I love it in the scripture when it says, but, because here we go, whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought also to walk just as he did. Now that is a tall task. How many of you are just like gasping right now like, oh God, I'm so sinful. To walk as Jesus did. The man who walked on water, literally, to walk as Jesus did. But need I remind you that there was another that walked on water. He walked as Jesus did. And we're talking about Peter. We'll get more into that here in a few minutes. But I want you to know something right off the bat. Uh, in order for us to walk as Jesus did, we're going to have to study. You have to study. See, I was twisted when I first came to, to know who Jesus was. Before that, I went to a Christian school. They made you memorize scripture. And although I know there's, there was good in it, it, did, it didn't have any. It, I mean, there was, there, was, there was moments, but it just didn't have, because my heart wasn't in it. Because I wasn't studying it because I wanted to know it. Because I wanted to know who he is. You know, the Bible says that in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. So when we talk about the word of God, you're talking about the idea of God that came to life in the flesh and made his dwelling among us. And the Bible says that we should walk this way. Hallelujah. <laughs> I remember a song years ago, and I'm, and I'm reminded of it. I was singing it this morning, and it didn't take long. So I'm going to see the challenges out there to see if you all remember this song. But it's, I'm not proud of the, the, everybody had a BC day, right? You had a BC life, before Christ life, right? But I remember it's, it went, you could get with this, or you could get with that. You could get with this, or you could get with you could get with, or you could get with, because you could get with, because, 
Everybody say, walk this way. Sit up straight. If you've accepted Jesus into your life and the Holy Spirit lives in you, the king is home. The king is in you. Sit up straight. The righteousness of God is in you. Do you know what you're carrying right now? You're carrying the righteousness of God. Jesus said, the kingdom isn't over here and it isn't over there. People will say, here it is and there it is. But where is the kingdom? It's within you. This is where it's at. Walk this way. I want you to remember that as we're, we're going through this today. Because I don't want you to forget who you are. You are royalty. That's right. Jesus, there, there's, there's a couple of critical points that I want to point out today. And I'm going to do a lot of reading. So we're going we're gonna to read through this. How many know that God's word... God's, God can say more in his word than I could ever say. His word changes lives, bishops already said. His word changes lives. His idea, his idea changes lives. So we're going to be reading more of the word. And one thing you have to know about Jesus and his walk, how many of you want to walk this way? The first thing, the first thing that God said to me was, you need my spirit. You, you got to have my spirit. In fact, the spirit of God was so essential to live inside of you that that is why Jesus went to the cross. Do you know one of the last things he said on the cross? The Bible says he's, he breathed his last breath. He, he gave up his spirit. And he says, it is finished. And one of the first actions he took when he came back to the disciples and he came into the room and he breathed on the disciples, he says, and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. There was a moment that God was waiting for. Jesus went to the cross so the spirit of God could live in you. Let me put it to you another way. If you're a kingdom and you go to colonize an area, a territory, and you put the governor into that territory to teach the laws of the land, you got to get the governor into the, law, into the land to teach the culture. So in colonization, that's essentially what God's doing. He wanted heaven on earth. And he wanted it in the beginning, and he wants it in the end. And guess what, friends? That's his plan right now. God wants what's going on in heaven to be going on in earth in your life right now. And he gave you the counselor, the Holy Spirit, to remind you of everything that Jesus said. Jesus was led by the Spirit. He was led by the Spirit. Walk this way. Back in the, so in the, in, the, in the Jewish culture, so to become a rabbi, it was about the age of 30 when you were able to be a rabbi, when you were able to, to read from the scroll, when you were able to step up, right? About this time, Jesus 
He's coming, Jesus is coming along. He's, he's kind of waiting his time. You know, it comes up. He goes and he gets baptized by John. The thing that, the thing that I learned here is Jesus followed the process. Like, he knew who he was, but he waited because his time was not yet. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit here in a few minutes, about knowing your time. But Jesus, there was something I saw in this scripture in Matthew 3 and 16, going through Matthew 4 and 1. These are some of my favorite uh, scriptures, by the way. But it says, when he had been baptized, he came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. Now, didn't the Spirit live in him? He saw the Spirit of God ascending down upon him. And immediately from this moment, and suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son. In him I am well pleased. God is pleased with his son. God is pleased with his son. Remember, he lives in you. God is pleased. The righteous have never been forsaken. God is pleased. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now listen, you're, you're, about, to, you're about to come up on the stage. You get baptized. God says, that's my boy. So pleased. And the spirit leads them directly to the devil. How many of y'all feel like that sometimes? Like that you were just led into the, like the devil is all up in there. Like, why did you bring me here to, the, to, to go through this, God? Jesus started his ministry this way. Jesus began right off the bat, was like, all right, got to get this out of the way. Let's go get tested. And I love this passage because Jesus goes over and over and he's talking like he's fasting for 40 days. He gets hungry and he begins to, the, the enemy begins to attack him and Jesus counters that and he fights back. How does he fight back? With the word. Everybody say, walk this way. <laughs> Jesus retaliates with the word. Remember, he's led by the spirit into this thing and, he, and he's, now he's got the word inside of him and he's like, oh. Satan don't know what he's about to get. So Satan's throwing word back at him, and he's like, mm, done with that one, next one, done with that one, next one. Satan goes through this whole process trying to tempt Jesus. Uh, we're going to read Galatians 5 right now. I want you to, I want you to be, keep these things in mind. Keep these things in your mind right now. The word, led by the Spirit. In Galatians, it says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Look at your neighbor and say, you were called to be free. He's talking to you. And now say, he's talking to me too. All right. Not to use your freedom to indulge the, the flesh, rather serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. 
love your neighbor as yourself. Everybody say righteousness. It is right when you love your neighbor. You know, we, 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 always, we always say, but seek first the kingdom of God, and we forget about that other part, and his righteousness, his righteousness. And the scripture says, all of those laws are fulfilled in this. Just get this. In other words, if it was a key, that's the master one. This is the skeleton key. This is the master one. This is the one that unlocks all that other stuff. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. Galatians 5, 16 through 18 says, So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. <laughs> live by the Spirit. Walk this way. For the flesh devour, de desires what is contrary to the Spirit. Now, I want you to hear this out, and I'm going to read through these real quick. But I want you to hear this today. And the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. What are, they are in conflict with each other. So, they, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. And there's a whole list of them, right? Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the See, right when you think he's done, he still lists some other stuff. He's, he's just, he's throwing it all out there. He's like, these are the desires of the flesh. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this, and this ain't the this that I was talking about, this is that. Those who live like this, who's he talking to? He's talking to the Galatians. He's talking to the, the church. He's talking to the people that are supposed to have the spirit of God walking like Jesus in step with the spirit. Who's, that's who he's talking to. And he says, those who live like this or like that will not inherit kingdom of God. Here's the but. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Aren't you glad that there's the fruit of the Spirit? Listen, a fruit comes from what's in the plant or the tree. The seed that's in you, if you receive the Spirit of God, this is in you. There's no law. This is inside. I remember that. I remember the uh, commercial with, uh, I think it was Prego or rag, Ragu when they said, it's in there. Right? It's in there. Guess what? It's in there. It's in there. We just have to walk that out. Walk this way. 
Jesus says, come, to, come on the water. Walk this way. Walk with me. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh and its passions and desires. A crucifixion, a crucifixion hurts. You crucify that. It's, it's stuff that you might struggle with, but you have to crucify that. We have to walk in, in step with the Spirit. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And I'm glad I got a, a former uh, drill sergeant in the house. <laughs> be, to be in step. Listen, I don't know if you've seen formations, like armies, maybe marching bands, but they're in step. Think about this. There's a, you just hear that. You can hear that, right? Guess what? You can tell when somebody's out of step. Whoo! Man, it is a mess. You people stepping all over each other and... It's a mess. It's a mess. And you look at it like, ooh, what happened there? But the cadence caller. Sometimes you can, just, you can just hear. You can hear the one beside you. You can get back in step. And if you're really messed up, there's a change step. I'm not going to teach you that. But you just keep going, right? Right? You just change stuff it. You know, this is the first, uh, I know this seems basic, right? This seems basic. This is some fundamental stuff. Walk like Jesus. Walk this way. And I was, I was joking with, with the bishop, because like he, he had preached, began on this walk this way, and I, and I was like, you know, that was the first sermon or first thing that God, you know, stirred up in me when I ever started, just wrote something out like, man, this sounds like a sermon. <laughs> and I started to write it out. I didn't know that 10 years later, <laughs> I was going to, I didn't know this. And this is, this is basic. But guess what? We got to get back to basics. It's a mess out there. And I'm talking about in the church too. It's a mess. We got to walk like Jesus. We got to listen for the cadence caller. We need to be in step with the Spirit of God. Jesus says in John 14, if you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you an advocate to help and be with you forever. Thank God for the advocate. Thank God for the counselor to be with you, to help you. The spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives in you, he lives with you, and will be in you. Here's Jesus again. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. We just sang all about it. He loves us. Oh, God, he does. How he loves. How he loves us. These songs just marinate in our soul. And when you hear them and sing them, if you really have experienced God and his love, there's some depth there. The one who loves me 
will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show them, show myself to them. Again, Jesus says, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. Do we hear that part? Do we hear that part? My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to my Father who sent me. Jesus kind of just did the, don't throw anything at me. And that's kind of what I just did. I didn't say it. Jesus says, if you love me. In other words, obedience is connected. Obedience is symbolic. Obedience is the fruit of do you love me. Righteousness is the fruit that comes out of that, of your love for God. It's all about your love. And Jesus walked in faith. How many, how many of you believe that? Jesus walked in faith. How many people do you know that have walked on water? How many people do you know that have gone to the blind man and said, be healed? Jesus walked in this. He lived this. This was, this was who he was. He had faith from the beginning. In fact, he says, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith? In other words, he said, walk this way. Walk this way. I want you to have the same faith. I'm going to tell you a couple of things what faith is. In a, it's hard to understand faith if you don't have hope. And I know this is out of place, but I want to start there. Because if you don't have hope, we can't talk about faith. Because faith is the substance of things that are hoped for. So that's where we begin. If you have hope, you can have faith. And Jesus said faith the size of a mustard seed can move mountains. So let's get to the mountains by starting with hope. Faith is the currency of the kingdom. The key to please God, oh, let me back up. It's currency. Do we have a currency problem in our... How many of y'all seen them signs around in these stores? We do not accept cash. We do not accept coins. We need, we need coins. We don't accept this. Do you know there's no currency problem in the kingdom of God? That's the king, that's, listen, that's the country that will never run out of funds. And the way that you obtain things in the kingdom is through faith. You want a healing? Jesus says, your faith has healed you. Your faith has made you whole. It is the currency of the kingdom. That's how things work. So if you want things, stop praying for money and start praying, God, increase my faith. I want a currency that's got his image on it. I want his image. And it comes through faith. It is impossible to please God without faith. The key to miracles and healing we just talked about, authored and finisher, finished by Jesus. Jesus authored faith. Do you know he's the author and the finisher of your faith? 
and it's expressed through love. Your faith is expressed through love. I know my wife has faith because I experience her love. She expresses her faith through her love. It's expressed, and it's the key to confidence. So I'm going to tell you a couple of things that will help you. I know it's, it's, I'm preaching to myself. If it doesn't help you, I'm going to say it out loud so it can help me and remind me. David says, oh, my soul, <laughs> rejoice. Praise the Lord, oh, my soul. He spoke to his own soul. So I'm going I'm to speak to my soul for a little bit here. And if you want to listen, I encourage you to. If you want to join in on it, if you want to claim it as yours, take it as yours. Jesus knew who he was. He knew who he was. Jesus knew who, why, what, when, where. Jesus knew all of these things about himself. He knew who he was. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door or the gate. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection. I am the life. I am the vine. And before Abraham was, I am. Jesus knew who he was. That's a state of confidence. It builds the confidence in knowing who you are. Do you know who you are? Your faith is built. That confidence is built. Jesus knew what he was. He was the son of God. He is a son. He knew I'm a son. I'm a son. I'm I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. Right? He calls me. I'm a friend. But I'm a child. So he's the son of God, right? He's also the son of man. Did you know that? He reads all through the scripture. In fact, a lot of his statements, he expresses he's the son of man. You know, that used to confuse me. I was like, what? Why does he keep saying that? Why does he keep, why, why does he keep going there and saying that? He's the son of God and the son of man. He came into the, the, uh, the form of man. That makes him a son of man. That means, see, there's only one creature that God created like that. It was man. And he made him in the beginning. So for Jesus to do the things he did and have the authority that he needed on the earth when he walked on the earth, he had to come as a man. So he proudly said, I'm the son of man. Are you the son of man? We are the sons and daughters of the king. He was Christ Messiah. He knew what he was. That's the anointed king. That's what he is. The anointed king is what Messiah means. He knew his time. We talked about this. My time is not yet. There was a time where he says in in Mark 1, 14 and 15, he says, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the good news. He knew what the time was. He knew his timing and he knew why he was. And this is where I want to close up. He knew why he was. Luke 4 and 43 Jesus tells us his mission statement. He says, but he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other towns also because, because means purpose, means why. For this purpose I have been sent. In fact, 
John 18, 37. This is one of my favorite, uh, this is one of my favorite uh, uh, descriptions of an encounter with Jesus that, that, that totally changed my perspective on things. John 18, 37, Pilate, Jesus standing before Pilate says, therefore said, said to him, are you a king then? So Pilate has him on trial. Jesus is quiet. And he says, are you a king then? Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am a king. For this cause, everybody say this. For this cause I was born. And for this cause, I love it when he says this. For this cause I was born. For this cause I have come to the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. I had written also how Jesus walked in humility. But that faith and confidence, see, when, when, we're, when we're trying to balance all of this, people will take it as arrogance. But there's a confidence that needs to be in you of knowing who you are, knowing where you came from, knowing why you're here. Walk this way. This is where we want to be. There's a, there's a fine line, there, there is a line, though, of arrogance that you can go across because Jesus was also humble. The Bible says he humbled himself in the likeness of man, even suffering death, even death on a cross. Jesus humbled himself. So there was a humility and a balance of this confidence, but humility. And I don't know I don't know why. But he loves me. In my arrogance at times, in my cockiness at times, in my wretched self that I've been, he loves me. You know when he breathed the spirit in the disciples, he, he said something. He said something. He said, receive the Holy Spirit. The next statement, I haven't heard anybody really talk about to great depth. He says, if you forgive anybody their sin. Hold on a minute. Let me say this. If you give anyone their separation from God, they're forgiven. Spirit of God in you brings, there's an authority that you carry. You know, if they looked at Jesus and they said, who are you to forgive man's sins? And Jesus says, I'm giving that to you. Jesus said, if you forgive them their sins, they're forgiven. And if you don't forgive them their sins, they're not forgiven. Your separation from God 
to be separate from God. God loves you so much. He loves you so much that he gave his son to die so that you could be reconnected and to have your separation from God corrected. God wants you to forgive others. We want miracles. Jesus says, you need to learn to forgive. You want to see all of these signs and wonders. You need to learn how to forgive. That's the first thing that I told you to do with the Spirit. Forgive others. And I began to think of people specifically in my life. As I was in worship earlier. I was like, God, I forgive them. I forgive. I forgive their separation from you. Restore it, God. Restore it. That's what this is all about. Yes, it's the kingdom, but it's the environment of the kingdom. It's that connection with God, and that's what was lost in the beginning. And Jesus came to restore that. That, that connection. So I want to challenge you as we're closing. Today. To walk this way. Walk in forgiveness. Can we walk in forgiveness? Can we walk in forgiveness? If you carry Jesus, the Holy Spirit in you, you have the ability to forgive what you didn't think you could forgive. There are deep wounds that people have. Deep, and, t and trust me, I have had my share. And the only way to touch that, to reach inside of that wound in the side, of our Savior. With every head bowed. With respect to anybody who is ashamed or Eyes closed. I'm going to ask that if you today, we're going to start with the basics. If you were lost, I remember a time I was in the woods, I was lost. And you don't know what that's like until you've been there. And when you feel like there ain't no way out of this place, that tree looks like the other tree. And I'm going in circles, and I've tried this way, and this way did not work. And I tried that way, and that way didn't work. I want to invite you today to walk this way. The Savior is calling. The cadence caller is ready. 
you to lift your hand if you just want to be reconnected with the Savior. Thank you. Let him reconnect your heart right now. You're inviting his spirit to come live in you. Thank you. Today is your day. For you have been called out of darkness and into the marvelous light. There's no fancy way to say it. All you have to say is, here I am. Here I am, God. Use me. Here I am. Father, I pray over those hands. I pray over those. God, may they encounter your spirit, your love, God, your overwhelming peace and joy, faithfulness, goodness, gentleness. Oh, God, let the fruit of the spirit just fill them right now. Jesus is the way. You'll never find another. You'll never find another way. Holy Spirit, I pray that you go and undo what they didn't think could be undone. That you would penetrate those areas of their life, God. That they thought that they were even unreachable, God. Show them the way, God. Hold on. And I just want to pray over anybody that would say, increase my faith, Lord, to walk as you walk. There's been some things in my way, some mountains. And I've sang the song, I've said the words, but Lord, I need you to increase my faith. Those that have had a hard time forgiving people. God, there's someone right now that's thinking about, <laughs> they're thinking right now, Lord, their, their picture of their face is in their mind, God. The thing they did is right before them. And God, we humble ourselves right now. You forgave us. You forgave me. And the same power, God, that you gave us to forgive. See, the key to forgiveness is the key of forgiveness. The key to forgiveness is the key of, in other words, you can't have what you're not willing to give. And you can't give what you don't have. Father, I pray right now over, over those individuals. I want you to stay up here with me, Charlie. Lift your hands all over this room. Stand with us. Stand with us. Nobody moving around. I'm, Feel 
was the old church, I'd have somebody stand at the door right now. Because I feel like God's here for somebody's arrest. Because somebody's in the middle of a war. Lord, the whole, the whole time you're ministering, the Lord said, this is spiritual warfare. This is spiritual warfare. Thank you, Jesus. I want two guys, two guys, go, go, go out there and just pray for him before he leaves. Just run, 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 run. Out this door, out this door, run, find him. Just pray for him right now. Don't let him leave. If he, let, if he wants to leave, you got, can't force him to leave. I want you to pray for him. Somebody say it's real. Somebody say it's real. Real. Spiritual warfare. Yeah. <laughs> Our weapons are not carnal, but mighty through God. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and wickedness in high places. Lift your hands right now all over this room. All over this room, the Holy Spirit... Anybody that can pray in the spirit, pray right now. Anybody that can pray in the spirit, pray right now. Pray right now. Pray right now. There's a fight for somebody's life. I'm not just talking about, I'm not just talking about him. There's people all over this room that right now, this is a fight between your, for your faith. This is a fight for your faith. This is a fight for your decisions. This is a fight. You're in the middle of spiritual warfare between your flesh and your faith. Between your flesh and your faith. church but nobody's ever said play kingdom because <laughs> church you can play but kingdom's about business when they found Jesus at 12 years old 12 is the age of maturity found him at 12 years old in the church they said where are you he said did you not know I'd be about my father's business you know what the Lord said spoke to me while I was sitting right there he said There's a difference if I said if I said 
today, if I said, what does a pool represent to you? If there was a kid in here, they'd say, it sounds like fun. Hmm. But if I was to ask you what a pool means to you, it meant training. It's because one person comes, one comes to the pool to play in it. Another comes to the pool to be trained in it. Because the pool is the training ground, it's not the destination. Because I'm just doing in the pool what I'm going to do in the deep. Mm. So you can come to church and play in the shallow end. But when the kingdom shows up, we don't come to church and play no more. We come to church because we come to get trained for the deep. Mm. We come for when it's life and death. And we're plunged into the deep to pull somebody out. your hands all over this room. I feel the Holy Spirit so strong in this room. There's a war. Yeah. This is a I speak to somebody who's been on the verge of losing hope. And I declare to the living there is hope. You're breathing. Yes. That means there's hope. Yes, I speak to those that have felt like they've lost hope, lost hope in your children, lost hope in a marriage, lost hope in your, in your future, lost hope for your destiny. The devil is a liar. You're alive, and he is a living hope. And to those that are living, there is hope. It's better to be a live dog than a dead lion. the living I speak I speak into every breath you're breathing and I declare there's hope and in the name of Jesus I speak faith I speak faith I speak faith into your fight I speak faith this is about faith or disobedience this is about whether you believe God or you don't this is about whether you believe what you see or what he said this is about this is a fight and somebody in this room is in spiritual warfare right now because there's a decision between what you're seeing in your life and what God is saying in your life and in the name of Jesus I speak to your faith and not to your sight. I speak to what he said and not what you see and I declare in the name of Jesus he will do what he said he will do what he said he will do what he said if you believe it Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you would like to stay connected with Limitless Church, check us out on all social media platforms at Limitless CHR. We'll see you next time.